Welcome to Rooted and Radiant. I'm your host, Jan Harrison. Here we seek to root ourselves in the life-giving Word of God and cultivate spiritual fruit that radiates Jesus in and through us. Well, certainly we all know that the world is not a playground. Contrary to our attitudes and what we would like to believe sometimes, we have all been reminded, particularly lately, that life is very difficult and life in this world is very precarious. But Jesus came, he came into this world and when he came, he showed us by his example that prayer was the Father's provision for his children so that they would know how to navigate and how to be empowered to live in this world with hope and with courage and with victory. So I wanted to take just a few minutes today and look at the prayer life of Jesus. I looked at it in the Gospel of Luke and I found several things that I hope will encourage you as much as they encouraged me. You know, Jesus is an example for the believer in everything. And prayer is certainly no exceptions. Again, the Son of God came into this world broken and filled with heartache and pain. And he needed to pray. So I think that just reminds us, why do we pray? Because we need to pray. Who can pray? Anyone who has faith to call on the name of Jesus. How do you pray? You practice, and you practice, and you practice, and you become more and more familiar. So let's look at some of the examples that Jesus gave us. I want to start with Luke chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. This really blessed and encouraged me. It was when Jesus was in the Jordan just beginning to establish his public ministry. And it says all the people were baptized and it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. I loved those words. I stopped on them for what I felt like was maybe the first time. While he prayed, the heaven opened. Praying opens up heaven, and that thrills me and encourages me to pray. The Holy Spirit indwells believers. You, as a believer, are beloved by the Father because you believe that if you call on the name of Jesus, that he will open heaven. And his spirit will begin to operate in and through you. And I think that was just such an exciting motivation for me. I imagined myself driving in the car and pulling back the sunroof. That was a visual for me of heaven opening or to sit on the porch and just look up into the brilliant blue sky and imagine that heaven opens. Or 
If I'm in a deep, dark place and I simply lift my chin towards heaven, I know that the heavens are rolling back because God honors prayer. The next place that I saw in Luke where Jesus prayed was in Luke 4, verses 1 and 2. This is immediately after he left the Jordan. It says, when Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. There he was, Jesus already had been crowned with affirmation by his father publicly. You're my beloved son, filled, it says, with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. And where did the Holy Spirit lead him? He led him into the wilderness. And for what purpose? To be tempted. I think this is such a reminder that your wilderness can be an appointed place that God wants to use in your life to teach you and instruct you and to speak to you. You know, I think we often go to great lengths to avoid having to go into a wilderness. It sounds scary, and we think, oh, that is such a forsaken place. But we see from this passage that it can also be the appointed place. It's where God wants to speak personally. It's where he wants to strengthen you and prove to you that his word is sufficient. Jesus was able to stand against the enemy of his soul when he came against him by repeating again and again, it is written, it is written, it is written. Three times he had to tell the devil, I know the word of God. I know the promises of God. I am the word of God, the living word of God. But I just want to remind you that if your life is under great pressure and you are feeling the temptation to give in or to give up, the word of God is still the living, breathing, active, sharper than a two-edged sword word. And as long as you can declare it as long as you can remind those whispers of the enemy it is written then you will have authority over the shortcuts that the enemy comes to offer to ruin you in Luke chapter 5 verse 16 it says that Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed again it's such a reminder to withdraw. Don't be forced into a wilderness. Be led by the Spirit. Be willing to withdraw, to come away, to be alone in our world where it is so hard to find quiet and to find rest and to be still. Jesus wants us to know that the distractions and the busyness will fall away if you will willingly go to the wilderness and pray. You know, some people think that staying home all day feels like a wilderness. Some people feel like 
being alone for several hours is a wilderness. I just want to challenge you that going to the wilderness with a willing, open heart has the possibility to become a place of sanctuary and of rest and of beautiful times with the Lord. In Luke chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, it says, And now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray, and he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named as apostles. You know, there are just times in our lives when we have to pull an all-nighter, when we find ourselves maybe unable to sleep. Maybe that's just a figure of speech for saying you go into an extended period of time where you just say, Lord, I'm going to wait in your presence. I believe you want to speak to me. I have decisions to make. I need wisdom to make decisions for things that I really am not certain about. This was a son of God's example. On the one hand, he knew everything, and yet he depended on God the Father, and he showed us, if you will go away and you will stay in his presence, he will give you clarity. He will give you wisdom. He will show you the next step. He showed him the 12 whom he would choose out of all of those that followed him to become his apostles. It was a huge decision. He was going to entrust to them the expansion of the kingdom of heaven on earth. He needed God's guidance. In Luke chapter 9, verse 28, I love this. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the mountain to pray. Can you imagine being asked out of that group of 12, come with me, we're going to go away. Jesus called those whom he really trusted, those whom he could share. While they were in prayer, Jesus, it says his appearance was changed. His face shone with glory. And you know what? When we go into that hidden place with him, he gives us revelation. He gives us glimpses into his deity. He gives us an opportunity to see beyond the natural. Maybe not with your vision, but you see in your spirit and you see in your heart Things that you wouldn't have seen unless you had gone away with him. Elijah and Moses showed up there. Y'all, the word says in Hebrews that we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. When you pray, God will bring to your mind the things other people have prayed over you. The words that have been shared by other saints, pastors, teachers, preachers, parents, People who have spoken life and truth and prayer over your life. It is as if we get that 
that entrance into the cloud of witnesses that just spurs us on and encourages us. He's inviting us to come away and to pray with him so he can give us glimpses into eternity so we can hear those witnesses cheer us on and remind us, no, the world is not a playground, but we are with you. The Spirit of God is with you. The Holy Spirit is guiding you. We are confirming to you that your faith is not in vain. Endure, carry on. So just listen. As they came down the mountain, Peter could not help himself. He just kept talking and talking. And God said, listen, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And it just reminded me, listening is such an important part of prayer. Maybe we need to stop talking so much and trying to explain what it is God is doing and just listen to the witness of the beloved spirit as he speaks to you in prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus' disciples came to him and said, Teach us how to pray. They didn't say, Teach us how to work. They didn't say, Teach us how to do miracles. They said, Teach us how to pray. How can we know God like you know him, Jesus? And so Jesus taught them, and he said, When you pray, And he taught them what we know as the Lord's Prayer. So he honors that that request that we have. Lord, I don't know how to pray right now in this situation. Would you teach me how to pray? Remember, his disciples did not have the Holy Spirit living in them yet. You and I have even more because Jesus said it's so much better for you if I go away because I'll send my spirit. And one of the works of the Holy Spirit is to pray through you so you can be confident that when you ask him how to pray, his spirit will begin to show you how to pray and he will pray through you. In Luke chapter 22, verses 40 to 44, Jesus enters that precious and sacred time in the Garden of Gethsemane. Again, he takes a couple of his disciples with him. He tells them over and over again. It's as if he's telling them prayer, Prayer is the weapon of offense right now. We're getting ready to enter into battle. Jesus was getting ready to enter the last hours of his life, the purpose for which he came. He came to die on the cross to reconcile us to God. And he asked his inner circle to pray with him so that not only he would be prepared, but they would be prepared for the intense pressure that was about to come in the hours ahead. He said to them, pray. And he went away and he prayed. And it says he prayed more earnestly. And he came back and he found them sleeping. Because prayer can be hard. Prayer is active. Prayer, the enemy will try to 
tell you you have nothing to say or tell you to fall asleep or tell you you're too distracted. But Jesus came back and he admonished them in love for their own benefit. Pray more earnestly. And then after he prayed with such intensity, after he asked the Father to let the cup pass, after he prayed so deeply that it says his sweat turned to blood, he was finished. He was released from prayer. He knew, nevertheless, thy will be done. And he goes back and he finds them sleeping again. And he says, rise. But then he tells them one more time, pray, lest you enter into temptation. I think I hear Jesus in his wisdom of the things that are ahead. We don't know what's ahead, but he knows what's ahead. When he prompts you, when he asks you, when he nudges you, when his spirit calls you and says, pray, trust that he knows what you are about to enter into. You don't have to see that with dread. You don't have to see it with anxiety. You see it with such a grateful heart that he wants you to know and to have everything you need and be equipped. And then last we saw him in Luke chapter 24 as he's hanging on the cross, the crucified Son of God. And yet, while he hangs there, he prays. First of all, he prays forgiveness. His heart is so full of the purpose that God has called him for that he's able to look around him and still say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Part of the work of prayer is learning to forgive those that have wronged us, part of the release in prayer and the fulfillment and the opening of freedom and more is the forgiveness that Jesus models from us while he's hanging on the cross. And then we see that ever focused on the Father When the thief cries out and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's the thief's conversion is what we call it. But he realizes I'm in the presence of God. And even in his final moments, Jesus says to him, assuredly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. You can be assured he hears your cries. You can be certain that he's never out of life-giving freedom and forgiveness for you when you cry out to him. And then the last thing we heard him utter, this side of death, he cried out again, Father, Into your hands I commit my spirit. And after saying this, he breathed his last. His last breath was prayer. And I think what that just tells us is that prayer, prayer will take us to the end. We don't know what the end looks like. 
But we know that Jesus walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. But he will walk with us all the way through. Prayer is the life example of surrender, of finishing what God starts in your life, and of dying to yourself in order to live for Him in victory. Thank you for letting me share these thoughts. I hope they encourage you. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. Privileges hold great responsibilities, though. So, God, I just pray time and time again. I see myself talking too much in prayer time, neglecting to come away and be still, forgetting that all I have to do is cry to you, being willing to seek your face before I make a decision or make a plan. In all these places, God, I see where you gave me an example. And I ask you, Lord, to continue to teach us how to pray. I know that's what you want to show us because I know you want to equip us. And I know you want to make us ready because you know what's ahead. So thank you, Lord. We're safe in you, assuredly. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining me on Rooted and Radiant. Now let's all go cultivate our spiritual lives to become rooted in the Word of God and radiate His joy.